Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Thanks for tuning in tonight, and uh, congrats to everyone who ran the Sporting Life 10K this morning. You are good people. Also, of course, I have to say happy Mother's Day to all moms and, of course, all dads who are also moms out there and anyone who, uh, I guess, is a role model or has helped raise someone. You don't necessarily have to have given birth to that person. Um, I'd love to hear from you and... uh, have you tell me how you spent your Mother's Day or any sort of unique gift or surprise that you received? You can always text in because the show is live. You can text in at 71010. Uh, and let me know how your Mother's Day was. I don't think I've ever truly liked so many photos on Facebook or Instagram in one day because everyone is posting uh, photos of um their mother or like a photo of them as a baby with their mom, including myself. I did the same, except I posted a very unattractive photo of uh, my mother and I. And if you want to see it, you can find me on Twitter at Pei Chen or on Facebook. Uh, my Facebook is uh, pretty open. You can find me there. Pei Chen, I don't know how many of us exist out there, but you should be able to find me pretty easily. Um, so again, I uh, hope you had a great Mother's Day and thanks for tuning in if uh, you're just kind of winding down your relaxing day and I hope it was relaxing for you. Um, I haven't had a chance, actually, this makes me sound like a terrible daughter because I haven't spoken to my mom yet. She's out in BC. Uh, my mom and my dad flew from Halifax to Vancouver yesterday to visit my brother and sister-in-law and their new two-month-old granddaughter. So um, I just... <laughs> I don't want to sound ungrateful. So my brother sent texts me a bunch of photos uh, of like my mom with the baby, my dad with the baby, the two of them with the baby. They're, the photos are all so terrible. Like they're they're really blurry or he has them against like a big sunny window. So they're just in silhouette. And so I text back. I'm like, great. Do you have any that aren't blurry? <laughs> he just basically ignore me for the rest of the day. Um, I'm curious if as an adult – you have ever had to lecture your parents. Um, I think I touched upon this uh, last week, and I probably talked about it before, about how now that my my parents are older, I feel like the rules have reversed sometimes, and you're sort of, you know, rushing them out the door or reminding them of things. You know, I'll sometimes I'll call them and I'll say, Mom, don't forget you need to make a doctor's appointment for this, or you need to follow up, you know, about that. Um, because my brother told me a few weeks ago, Uh, that my mom was sort of driving him a little crazy with, you know, baby advice over the phone. And my mom, she is one of those busybody know-it-alls. She's great. But there's no denying that in her mind, she knows everything. Maybe you know someone like this. Maybe this is someone in your family. Um, And I don't have a mother-in-law to know that this is the type of mother-in-law that can drive someone bonkers. Like, I don't think you have to have this person in your life to know that this type of person can be very frustrating, especially if they're not a blood relative of yours and you didn't spend your entire life learning how to cope with them and understand them and kind of learning how to tune them out. So my brother had said, like, "Ah, you you need to talk to mom before she comes out here because she's just, like, telling us what we're supposed to do with the baby, and it's really going to drive his wife nuts. To be fair, it was already driving me nuts to hear about this. So when I was home in Halifax two weeks ago, I was in the car with my mom, and I told her, 
and we don't have a lot of serious conversations. Like we argue about nitpicky things, um, like my haircut and and the way I wear nail polish. Uh, so I told, I said to my mom, I said, look, you know what? I'm being very serious. When you go out to Vancouver and you go to visit the baby, you are allowed to say that the baby is cute, that the baby uh, is adorable, and that you're happy to have a granddaughter. You cannot tell them how to raise the baby. Don't make comments, because my mom makes these little sly comments like, oh, is that how you do it? That's her, she does that all the time. She does that to me still. And, uh, and my mom says, so I said, don't tell them what to do with the baby. Cause she's already been doing it on the phone to my brother. And my mom says, oh no, I never do that. But I will tell your father not to say anything. She has nothing to do with my father. So this is what it's like when you have like this know-it-all in your family who's deep in denial. So I'm just waiting for my brother to send me a text in the next day or two because my parents have only been there for not quite 24 hours. Um, I have decided to make a change in my life this month. I decided to buy some personal training sessions at a gym. It's very expensive. Absolutely. But I consider it an investment in your health. So I'm curious out there. I'd love for you to text in 71010. Tell me if you've ever told a small lie to a professional of any sort that you are, you've hired or that you've paid. So even for example, your doctor, like when your doctor says, do you, how often, how many drinks do you have a week? Have you lied about that? When your dentist says, do you floss every day? Have you lied about that? Uh, when your plumber says, are you throwing your makeup down the toilet? And that's why it's clogged. Have you lied about that? Um, cause chances are you've lied about something to someone that you're paying a lot of money to. So I decided that this was going to be the change that I make. And it's been a while since I've done this. I have throughout the past decade, occasionally hired a personal trainer for a couple of weeks just to kind of kickstart my fitness and maybe learn some new exercises and have them help me correct anything that's, that's going wrong. And I'm not a big person. I know that, but I have gone up an entire size in recent years. So no matter what size or body shape you are, it is off-putting to not be able to do up the zipper of clothes that fit you two years ago. So that was, well, that was the reason I decided that, you know what, I'm going to, this is going to be an investment and I'm, I'm going to work hard at this and, and visit this person in a couple of weeks. So, um, when I asked about whether or not you lied, you can text in at 71010 so I don't feel like I'm, I'm alone. Um, the, during my consultation, the, uh, the, the trainer guy, he said, uh, well, let's talk about your diet. And I said, oh, my diet's that's not really that bad. Like when I'm home, I eat really well. I eat a lot of kale. I eat kale every day. He's like, okay. So he starts writing down what I eat. I'm like, yeah, well, I eat kale and I eat an egg like every morning. And then he pauses and he looks at me and he says, um, okay. He goes, you should know that I've looked you up online. So I was completely busted because if you look at my Instagram or my Twitter or my Facebook, you will see that I post a lot of photos of sweets and things that are a little bit uh, decadent. And also, I've been kind of blaming things on the fact that I'm getting a little bit older. So I'm not old, but I... I We'll be 39 in August. So I said to the trainer, you know, well, I've been putting on weight because I'm almost 40. And my metabolism is slower, but I'm still eating the same and I'm eating pretty well. And the trainer says, or you're putting on weight because you're not working out hard enough. 
Sometimes you pay someone a lot of money to tell you things you don't want to hear. Um, so coming up tonight, it's time to clean out your house, perhaps, and garage and have a yard sale. I'll tell you how you can host a yard sale for the cure. And if, like me, maybe you don't have a yard, I'll tell you about some great community yard sales where you can shop and score lots of great stuff with the money going towards the Canadian Breast Cancer Foundation. And just after the break... Did you know that there's a huge celebration for cheese? It's like a big awards night, like the Oscars for cheese. It's my dream, dream event. Uh, it's definitely one of my favorite foods, but uh, we're going to go beyond mozzarella and cheddar or whatever type of cheese you may be buying all the time at the grocery store. So if you feel a little intimidated by all the cheese selections when you're out shopping, don't worry. I'll talk to one of the jury members of the Canadian Cheese Grand Prix. Yes, that's real. And he'll have all the tips you need for buying, storing, serving cheese. You definitely don't want it to go bad before you get to enjoy it. And maybe you want to pick up something new after our chat. This is the Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Imagine a super glamorous night full of important people in fancy clothes and a jury of experts who have to make these tough decisions and pick a winner out of a group of talented nominees. Well, it's the Canadian Cheese Grand Prix. It's a, it's a big award ceremony for some of uh, Canada's best cheeses. On the line, I have Chef Julian Bond, who's a jury member and the executive chef and VP of the Pacific Institute of Culinary Arts. Thanks for joining me, Julian. Thank you for having me. Now, in a nutshell, uh, what is the Grand Prix about? So the Canadian Cheese Grand Prix, it's put on by and hosted by the Dairy Farmers of Canada. And basically, it's a celebration of Canada's finest cheese from coast to coast. And how did you land the dream job of being on the jury? <laughs> so the jury, it was a beautiful cross-section. There was 11 jury members. There were chefs on the jury members. There were people who run cheese shops. They were uh, people who write about cheese. Basically, everyone was super passionate about cheese. And myself, uh, being a chef who actually instructs and uh, runs a culinary school, mm -hmm. we talk about cheese, the process of cheese. And in, here in British Columbia, we have some fantastic 100% uh, Canadian milk cheeses as well. I bet. So now how many cheeses are were, like, were up for an award? I know there are numerous categories, so I'm sure the <laughs> process gets kind of uh, whittled down. And then in the end, you know, there's a, a few, fewer number of nominees and then a winner. But like, how many are you dealing with? So we, uh, there's 27 categories. And over two days in February in Montreal, we tasted 268 cheeses. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> and people are like, 268 cheeses, is that not too many cheeses? But you, you have to think, these are amazing cheeses. Just the passion and the skill that goes into making these, these fine, fine cheeses is amazing. So when we have one bite... You know, we sometimes had a second bite or, mm -hmm. or perhaps a third bite because you're tasting fantastic quality cheese. Now, how many, was this all in one day or it was spread out over a few No, days? so we, we split it into two days. So over two days, we... <laughs> oh, that's we, fine then. <laughs> we split it up over two days and we basically announced our champions in each category. So we had 27 categories and we announced our, uh, our, our finalists, in, our, sorry, our champion in the semi-soft cheese, our champion in the fresh cheese, a champion for a Gouda, a blue cheese, a beautiful blue cheese. So we tasted all these blue cheese, and we announced our champion, the best blue cheese in Canada. And after we tasted, um, and we announced all 27 champions, we took a little break, a little breather, mm -hmm. 
And then we came back, and all our 27 champions were laid out in front of us on this giant table, and we tasted them all again. And then we uh, narrowed down the field. We narrowed down the field until we were able to pick what we called our grand champion, our 2015 Canadian Cheese Grand Prix Grand Champion. And that's sort of the overall, it's like best in show, right? Like there's it, all these it, categories, and then there's the one that stood out overall. There's one that stood out overall. It has a title for two years, and our grand champion this year is called La Liberté, which is from a, a lovely cheese. It's called, uh, the cheesemaker is Fromagerie de Presbyterre, out in Quebec, and it's a, a cream-enriched, soft cheese with this beautiful, bloomy rind. Some people like to call it a triple cream, and as you cut into this cheese, you know, that cheesy, that creamy goodness just oozes, and it, oh, it tastes amazing. It's like a mushroom aroma with a little bit of pasture in there, fresh grass, and it's just, uh, it you was know, a clear winner this year. You know, Julian, when, when I read the description of the cheese before I tasted it, and it said mushroom aroma, <laughs> I will tell you that that did not make me think, hmm, that sounds delicious. <laughs> but, but when I tasted it, because I had a, a yeah. little piece of it, um, it was it was amazing I because I enjoy, and for people out there who like runny cheeses, so a lot of people who um, may know, you know, Brie, for example, or Camembert, exactly. that might be the kind of soft cheese that they know. Um, yes. This is a really great one, I think, to to try next. It just has a little bit of a different flavor, but a texture that's not going to be unfamiliar to them. And I, um, a friend of mine, we had a big long conversation about how wonderful this cheese was. And it's available in a couple of stores in Toronto. I just want to let our listeners know that. Um, and uh, she, as a thank you gift for something, she actually bought me a nice wedge of it and it's in my fridge right now. So I'm wow. absolutely in love with this cheese. Um, so let's talk about I guess maybe some of the trends that you saw in the cheeses you tried. Like what kind of cheese might consumers see more of at the grocery store or even when they're out uh, at a restaurant? Well, you know what's interesting is La Liberté was a brand new cheese for our cheesemaker to, to make this style of full cream cheese. But we had a lot of other cheesemakers make brand new cheeses for the very first time. Heidi uh, from British Columbia here. Um, it's made by farmhouse cheeses, and they produced their Heidi for the very, very first time. So, you know, that passion of when we did the award ceremony two weeks ago in Toronto, it was one of the most beautiful rooms to be in because you're, you're, they're like winemakers. They're so passionate about the craft, what they can do next, how they can make their craft bigger and better. We had an interesting category during the, uh, the, the Canadian Cheese Grand Prix weekend when we were judging all the cheeses, and it was the cheese with flavoring. And our cheese with additives, and mm -hmm. people are adding, you know, different things to the cheese. And this year's winner was a raclette, which you normally heat up and just and scoop away. But it, they put peppercorns in there, and just subtle peppercorns to add to the, and it. Just because normally when you make a raclette, you you know you, you enjoy the raclette on some lovely warm bread. And most people, you know, they take the pep mill and they crack the pep mill right on top of the cheese. Mm -hmm. He incorporated the pepper right into the cheese, and it just worked. Beautifully, it worked beautifully. Now, uh, bucket. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go no, go ahead. Bocchettini. Mm -hmm. Like oh, I love okay. bocchettini cheese. Yeah. Uh, you know, people think of it as uh, a, you know, lovely hard bocchettini that you have to marinate and you have to put flavoring in. And you serve it with tomato. We tasted a beautiful bocchettini cheese that, and it's on the list of the champions where you put the bocchettini in your mouth and it just melted away. You'd not chew. Yeah. And the creamy texture was just, you know, the change in the texture of the cheese and they're playing with the texture of the cheese. So the cheesemakers are trying to up themselves every single year. Well, I would, you know, there's a, a lot of competition in this sort of category, even not just within 
our country, but with cheeses that we bring in from all over the world. Um, so I guess for people who are listening, and uh, I I really like cheese, and I will sometimes go to a little like cheese boutique somewhere in the city, or even a, mm-hmm. most of the major grocery stores have really nice uh, cheese available in cases that you can buy uh, by weight, so you don't have to invest a lot. But I do find myself getting intimidated because there's so much variety. And I end up sticking to something that I know. And then I think, oh, I should have, maybe I should have tried that cheese that was, that looked (laughs) different. So, uh, you know, for people who aren't as adventurous, perhaps, uh, what do you suggest when we are, you know, at the grocery store and we're talking to the cheesemonger? What are some good things to ask? What should we be looking for? Well, uh, number one, you, you nailed it in the head. It's an adventure. And that's a beautiful thing about our cheeses. We have so much choice in cheese that, uh, you know, you're going to try something new. It, it is an adventure. All you need to do is you can buy cheese by whatever size you wish. So if you want to try a small slither of one thing, it's exciting, and you're going to try something new and something different. It, it, I love that word adventure because you're going to explore and try new tastes because each one will be different on your palate. Um, when it comes to cheese, you know, as Canadians, we are amazing cheesemakers, and people think we're such a young country. But our heritage, we have a lot of Europeans coming over into Canada that are bringing this style of cheese making that Europe is, is made famous for. But we've got fantastic milk here. So all our cheeses were made with 100% Canadian milk. So look for that. You know that little, uh, you've probably seen that image of that cow with the little blue background. Look for that because then you know it's 100% Canadian. Um, and that quality for our, what we have for our beautiful milk that we have in our country mm-hmm. is fantastic. With the heritage that we're taking from other countries around the world, bringing it into Canada, which makes what Canada is so special in itself, is the multicultural part of Canada that we have, these cheesemakers are setting up and making fantastic cheese. But make it an adventure. Yeah. Try something new that you've never tried before, and, and that's a beautiful thing and so easy to do. Now, just very quickly, can you tell me how I'm supposed to store my cheese. When I bring it home, it's usually wrapped in like a piece of maybe like parchment or wax paper from the store, yep. sometimes then wrapped in plastic wrap. Do I leave it like that? Do I wrap it in plastic? How do I, because sometimes once you open it, then it starts to go bad. It, it is, but it depends on which cheese you're, you're referring to as well, because so many cheeses need to be wrapped up different ways. For example, if you have certain blue cheeses, they need a little bit of padding there, a paper to absorb the moisture. Mm-hmm. Um, the trick to cheese is take the chill off before you eat them. So, for example, if you buy cheese with plastic wrap on, keep the plastic wrap on until you're ready. Bring it out of the cheese, unwrap it. I say this with blue cheese all the time because people don't like blue cheese, yep. but it's sitting inside plastic wrap. It's not breathing. So take it out. Let the chill from the fridge because the, you also have to remember where you store it in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Think about where your air intake with the fridge is coming in. So when next time you're home, open the fridge and look where the air intake is. That's the coldest part of your fridge there. So put your cheese on the opposite end of the spectrum to where that air intake is. So if the air is coming in from the top, yep. put your cheese on the bottom. And that's okay. the best place to store your cheese. And then take the chill out the cheese before you eat it. Unwrap it. Let it breathe. And I say for blue cheese, then you get to taste blue cheese for the very first time. It's, it's amazing how just airing it out changes everything. And should we be serving most cheese at room temperature or like letting it sit outside the fridge for a bit? You do, yes. Yeah. I mean, it, it just gets better and better, and it, sometimes it's easier. You don't want it to warm fully up, but mm-hmm. you, you just, I say take the chill off. It's perfect. And uh, because some cheeses, as you get them too warm, um, they start to run. They get very, very soft, and they don't look pleasant on your cheese board as well. Right, okay. But they <laughs> taste amazing when that happens, too. <laughs> and that just means you have to eat it up a little bit quicker. Um, thank exactly. You. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time, Julian. Appreciate it.
You're very welcome. And if people want to find out more of our grand champions, they can go onto the website, dairyfarmers.ca slash Grand Prix and print down all 27 champions and find a little bit more information about them. Perfect. And then they can go to the store and, and try try them all. Great. That, yeah, exactly. Thank you, Faye. <laughs> okay, have a great night. You too. Bye-bye. So after the break, I'll tell you about a great way to get rid of your unwanted stuff and where you can score some fabulous finds. And I do hope you will all go online and find out more about the uh, Grand Prix cheese winners. You're listening to the Page Chen Show on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. More with Pei Chen on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. You know, sometimes you don't know you need something until it's staring you right in the face and it's an unbelievable deal and if you don't scoop it up, someone else will. This happens to me all the time. Sometimes my life is full of regret that I did not buy another set of bowls. Uh, here to tell us how we can scoop up someone else's treasure is Melissa Davis. She's here to talk about the yard sale for the cure. Hi, Melissa. Hi, hey, how are you? Um, I'm doing well, and I'm pretty excited that uh, the big yard sale is coming up in a couple of weeks. So I know that Yard Sale for the Cure, it's a, it's a series of yard sales uh, to support the Canadian Breast Cancer Foundation. Um, right. Now, how long have you been involved? I've been doing it for a couple of years, I guess maybe four or five years now. Mm-hmm. And it's just sort of a natural fit. I'm an interior designer, so I love hunting for oh, a good yeah. bargain. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> and... I'm also a big advocate for people cleaning out their junk. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, breast cancer has affected my family directly. So for me, I just think it's a, a brilliant idea. It was started by a woman named Rachel Smith in 2005. Uh, and she's actually a breast cancer survivor. So this was her and her friends got together and thought, what can we do to raise money that doesn't sort of directly take money, um, you know, out of their bank accounts. How can they? How can they give back? Mm-hmm. So they they started hosting this sale, this sale in the beaches, and it's been steady. This is obviously the tenth year now, and it's just been in a steady increase. So basically, all across Canada now, people are hosting these sales. It kicks off May twenty third. Okay. Um, and if you go to yardsellforthecure.com, it's this incredible sort of porthole where you can search for sales that are happening. You can go and shop sales or you can input your sale and it gets put into a map oh, great. Um, for people to look for. And the premise is that all of the money that you raise or mm-hmm. portion, whatever you're comfortable with, then gets donated to the Canadian Breast Cancer Foundation. So people can go online, as you mentioned, yardsellforthecure.com, so that's where they can find out more information um, and, and I guess, and sign up to host a yard sale if they want. Right. Or if, uh, like myself, I live in a condo, so I enjoy shopping the yard sales. Yeah. And there's a, I know that there's a map there so that you can kind of see what is in your area or in another area. Now, do they all have to take place on the same weekend? Does it have to be on May 23rd? No. Not at all. So it, it goes all summer long. It kicks off May 23rd with two sort of massive sales in particular. And then people also like to host their own at that weekend. But mm-hmm. in Kew, Kew Gardens in the beaches and Trinity Bellwood in Queen West, those sales are ginormous and I've definitely been. <laughs> worth checking out. Yeah. Have you? So yeah, you I've, been, I've been to the one in Trinity Bellwood. So on um, May 23rd, so those two locations are sort of like these large community yard sales. So Kew Gardens uh, in the East End, Trinity, Trinity Bellwoods in the West End. And it's really great because 
I found it by accident the first time because I was just walking past uh, the park on Queen Street, and I thought, this is so strange. It looked like someone had set up like entire or staged uh, a couple of li like living room sets and bedroom <laughs> sets, but in the park. And then I took a closer look, and I realized that everything was for sale. Um, and it was really quite amazing. And then it's so you know what, and it was it's so well organized so you know there's tables of books there's areas for you know kids toys and clothing um accessories so you know I, though it's really busy uh it's it's really well organized and things are um like such a steal like if you are in need of a couch or a desk or something yeah, you know anything yeah get a Absolutely. friend with a truck that day and swing by one of those uh one of those locations um it's quite amazing how uh the yard sales have grown in 10 years um, they've raised a lot of money. Oh, tons of money. I mean, um, one of the main partners is 1-800-GOT-JUNK. Mm -hmm. And you know how those guys go around and they pick up your junk for a fee. But that stuff doesn't actually go to the landfills. They keep the better pieces, and those actually get donated to the sale. And they raise $36,000 Wow! Uh, between the two locations. It's, it's incredible the amount of money that, the, that these are raising. And the, the fun part is that we can all contribute in our own small way, right? Absolutely, yes. Um, and let's talk about the Canadian Breast Cancer Foundation, people who may not be too familiar with it. Uh, let's talk about what they do or where the money goes towards. So what they do is that money is going towards research mm -hmm. and raising awareness because half the battle is just for women to know what the statistics are and know enough to check and, and make sure that they're getting screened to find it well in advance because early detection is really the key. Um, so this money is going towards both of those things, continuing the research um, to try to find a cure and educating women to make sure that they're aware of the options. All right. And so YardSaleForTheCure.com is the website. And are you, uh, are you at one of these large sales? in a couple of weeks? I, yeah, I will be. So there's actually a group of designers who have taken pieces from the 1-800-JUNK guys and mm -hmm. we're repurposing. Oh, so we're, okay. we're doing kind of an upcycle challenge. We're all kind of competing to make the best of an old piece. Um, so I think we're going to be at the Trinity Bellwoods location is where the pieces will actually be and those will be for sale and a lot of us designers will be there. Uh, can you talk about the piece that you, you have yes. that you're working on? <laughs> So I'm doing a set of chairs, mm -hmm. six dining room chairs that are atrocious, this <laughs> gold, stained, dirty fabric, yeah. and these kind of brass knobs on the top. Um, and I'm going to do my, you know, classic Melissa Davis modernization, and they're going to be these really slick. I'm painting them black and reupholstering. So for somebody, there's a, a good score of six really cool designer dining chairs. Absolutely. Um, and that's a great thing to look out for, for people who are who are looking for new pieces. Or, I, you know what, the strangest, I would say the strangest thing I bought at the uh, yard sale at Trinity Bellwoods a couple of years ago was I decided to buy this old dictionary. And no one uses dictionaries anymore. You just go online and you, yeah. you know, check a word. But it was, it was, it was because it was $2 and it's about six inches thick. And then I, on my way home, I went into a bulk store and I had them weigh it and it was about 13 pounds. Oh and it's like a doorstop and a weapon. And like, there are a lot of random finds at yeah, the yard sales. Definitely. Discussion points. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, you know, good luck with uh, reupholstering those hideous chairs. I can't wait to see the new version <laughs> yes, of them. Thank you. And thanks again for your time, Melissa. 
Thank you so much. I hope to see you there. Uh, definitely will. That's okay. uh, Melissa Davis. She's an interior designer who is helping out with uh, Yard Sale for the Cure. And if you want to find out more, again, yardsaleforthecure.com is the website. You can go there to um, to sign up if you want to host a yard sale. That way, your yard sale will appear on the map that's online, and people can you know, find out about it and, and know when you're holding your sale. Uh, but also, you can find the yard sales in your area if you want to make a day of it and an afternoon and make sure you clean out the trunk of your car and go and drive by and find. I'm There really are some amazing, really cool things for sale. Um, it kind of makes you wish you had a big storage unit just so you could put everything in there. Um, I found this, <laughs> I was gonna say great story, maybe it's not great. Curious to know what you think about this. Is it okay for a photographer to call a client a bridezilla on his Facebook account? Let me know. You can text in at 71010. Is it all right if you hire someone to do something, to perform a service, uh, they dislike you, and then they make a snide comment about you online? How would you feel if someone you hired to do some work, maybe it's an electrician, maybe it's your dentist, and they're like, I had a patient in today who had the worst teeth ever. Is it okay because it's their personal Facebook page? Well... I'll tell you what happened. Uh, basically, a photographer named uh, Lee Maxwell Judd, he shared a photo of a bride and groom that he took photos of, uh, a 30-year-old, and uh, Ashley and her husband. And he called her ugly. He called her, in fact, he called her the ugliest bride I have ever photographed and said uh, that she whined the whole time and said, bridezilla number one. But then what happened was she saw this. I don't know, maybe they were friends, maybe he didn't close his Facebook page. Um, she saw this, they became caught up in this like back and forth social media feud. Uh, she says that the comments were unacceptable. She couldn't believe her eyes when she saw this post. Then he turns around, he says, oh, he was, he defended himself by saying, what's the classic excuse? My Facebook was hacked. He says he didn't post it. He knew nothing about it. He didn't know, he never made such a comment um, that his Facebook was hacked and someone else had called her an ugly bride. Uh, apparently, he also says that the couple, uh, they're Australian, the couple were unhappy with 90% of the 1,200 photos that he took of her wedding. She claims, the bride claims they were overexposed, blurry. <laughs> This is like terrible. This is your wedding day. These are the memories that you have. And also people's faces were contorted. The photographer shot back saying this was his, quote, creative style. She paid him $1,500 to capture their wedding at the end of February. And then she said she saw the photos. She was shocked. She was horrified. And um, he made all of these like sort of silly mistakes in terms of getting them the photos and things like that. And he still denies ever posting on his Facebook and calling her the ugliest bride he'd ever photographed. But it sounds like he probably did if they're going back and forth like this. Uh, but then what? Ha but this is what makes me mad about social media. He's gotten so much attention for this that people have flocked to his website, and now he's booked up. This is what makes me sick guy's a moron he's now booked up until 2019 so karma not really no 
Not at all. Uh, but the bride and groom, they have had uh, a lot of generous offers from other photographers who've offered to take photos of them in their wedding attire. But um, but the bride says she's put on weight since the wedding, so she doesn't want this done. The wedding was two months ago, though. How much weight can you put on? I don't know. I guess I could ask my trainer that, <laughs> the one I just hired. Uh, Vinny White's going to pop in next. And, uh, oh, also let you know I've got two contests online on my website, paychen.com. Just click on the blogs. You can uh, have your chance to win a $560 Rowenta vacuum. And also I've got a great prize pack from M Living. Really cute stuff for your home. And uh, those contests are going to be closing very soon. Uh, you're listening to The Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. <laughs> Listening to the Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Thanks for tuning in tonight. PayChen.com is the website at PayChen on Twitter, Instagram. You can find me there. Uh, Vinny White joins me now. Hi. Hello. I didn't know you were on Instagram. Yeah, I'm what? an avid Instagrammer. What? Uh, I Instagram lots of amazing, wonderful things. What's your username? At PayChen. Okay. So glad that you listen. Really? Wait, who are I you again? Like a million times. <laughs> who that? <laughs> who who that? Uh, what do you think about this? A hotel in Japan, the Mitsui Garden Hotel in Tokyo, is offering women the opportunity to cry their eyes out in the privacy of crying rooms. Oh, this is a promotion that they're offering. Female guests can reserve one of twelve special rooms. I don't know. Makes them so special uh, to basically cry the night away as a form of therapy because, quote, Japanese ladies in their 20s to 40s are often said to live a life of stress, a spokesperson has said. So for 10,000 Japanese yen or I guess maybe about 90 bucks a night or so, women can basically cry themselves to sleep all night in a fancy suite that comes equipped with soft tissues lots of tearjerker movies, makeup remover, <laughs> remover, and uh, a warm eye mask to help them with their, like, puffy eyes and right. their puffy face. And, and then it says, which I don't understand, comic books and, and uh, extra warm sheets are also available. Comic books. Comic books? That doesn't, I don't know why that would make Is that to cry. cheer you up in the morning? No, I don't think any, but I don't think anything about this is meant to cheer you up. I think everything about it yeah, is to make you sad. Yeah, I don't what, know. Maybe what, they're really sad comic books then. Maybe reading comic books just makes people sad. Well, in Japan, they have a lot of manga, don't they? They have their own yeah. very unique um But are they sad? Animation. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I, I think, I, ultimately, I think that there's something fundamentally wrong uh, with that culture <laughs> because... <laughs> There's there's such a mass of solitude and it's it's so um, wrong and unencouraged to speak to people about your problems. I just don't think that can be a healthy way of living. And this is just the epitome of stupidity, if you ask me. Because well, yeah, you're not addressing a... the problem behind the tears. You're just le allowing people a solitude to do it. So... Well, I don't know of anyone who says, um, I feel fine, but I think I'm going to book a room uh, and watch a lot of really sad, sad movies and just cry all night. It's just not something I look forward to. Yeah. That's nothing I want to do. I remember when I was a teenager and I was going through very mixed and difficult emotions. I think it's called the puberty. The puberty. Um, I quite often cried a lot. And I used to listen to, there was a certain tape that I had 
Full Nirvana. Of, no, no. I'm a teenager, mate. I'm 38. Was that? Oh, no, actually, no. Yeah, Nirvana were around. Gonna... Yeah, my mate yeah. had a poster on the wall. Never mind. You're quite right. But that wasn't my chosen. That uh, angst-ridden music never releases the tears. Maybe the tension. But I used to, to listen men. to... Um... <laughs> Boys <laughs> it's, to Men had some nearly sad, that sad bad. romantic songs. It was George Michael. Oh, George Michael, yeah. Careless Whisper and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I'd stroke my nipples while I listened to it. That's weird. Hmm. How about the tears the, out? Some of those sappy classics from uh, Color Me Bad. Remember them? Um, yeah. I've just realized, you know, when you have an idiotic eureka moment, I've just realized then, for the first time in my life, Color Me Bad yes. is a reference to a coloring book, isn't it? Color Me Bad, as in Color Me Badly. Oh, I don't know if it's a reference to a coloring book. Oh, maybe I, I don't know. What maybe it is. Where is that name from? A stupid name. What is, it is a stupid name. I never said it was a good name. Can you text my show on 71010 tonight if you know where the name Color Me Bad comes from? Bit of a sidebar, but just thought of Is it just it. like, color me cool, color me jealous? Like, is that a, is maybe it's a slang? Anyway, we're not. We've gone off topic. So let's get back to the tears. Would, um, would you check it? Let's imagine you had an argument with a dear chap in your life. Or perhaps me, you know, we've been known yeah. to fall out and I know you get very upset about it because you're in love uh, with me. Where That is like so opposite of the truth. <laughs> It's do, not even. Do you funny. ever check into a hotel and cry after well, our, I don't think our crossovers? I would, you know what? I, um, someone just texted in and said a pint of Hagen Dazs ice cream is far cheaper than a ninety dollar hotel room. It's yeah. absolutely true. Good girl. You know here, that's here. really smart. It's a way to save a uh, hundred bucks. I don't know if you saw this story, and I feel like you might have something to say about this. Did you hear about the um, the barbecue place in Colorado that is offering white customers a ten percent discount next month? No. Have you heard? Okay. So it's a Colorado barbecue joint. It's offering Caucasian customers a 10% discount right. on June 11th. So basically just for their skin color, it's White Appreciation Day. Now, before you get really angry, uh. the owner is Mexican. Okay. So the Hispanic owner of, now this is the name of the, of the barbecue place, Rubbin' Butts. Really? Yeah, but B-U-T-T-Z. Rubbin' Butts is the barbecue place. He wants his white customers to know that they, too, are appreciated. So he got some flack for this. He posted a sign up front that said, hey, White Appreciation Day, June 11th. Um, if you're Caucasian, you'll get 10% off your bill. So, of course, I mean, what would you, what were you expecting when you put up a sign that yeah. says White Appreciation <laughs> Day? Yeah. Get a discount for being white. So he was apparently kind of shocked that he got all this media attention and he got all kinds of backlash. Like people have been filing complaints and things like that. So he's justifying it. He says, well, we have a whole month for Black History Month. We have a whole month for Hispanic Heritage Month. I guess not in Canada. Um, so he said, so we thought we could at least offer one day to appreciate white Americans. Right. Every day is white appreciation day. Yeah, have you seen the Senate? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't even know... <laughs> I honestly have no those idea. Those poor white people. Recently, so many of them have been shot by the police. Those poor white people. You know, those white people really need to get 10% off yeah. their bill. Because if you look at the socioeconomic, exactly. Everyone else. If you look at the socioeconomic balancing of the United States, if there's one thing white people have got, it's no money. Now, so here's the thing uh, this town is about 50 miles north of Denver. 
And there's about 6,000 people who live there, and about 82% of the town's residents are white. So it does okay. apply to most of the people that live there. Can I just make sure that I understand yeah. what white is? So Caucas Caucasian is what he, he put up on his So sign. that doesn't mean Mexican? No, it doesn't. Does it mean... Does it? So that's just people from a European heritage? I would imagine so. I don't know if he's going to make people show their passport or anything like that, but uh, it would be like based on your appearance. I look at you and you're white. I'm all right, Jack. Now you, last time I checked, were a bit are Asian confusing. looking. I know. So a are you going to get Asian. a discount? I will not get a discount. Because... But the thing is, it's not his logic, which is absolutely all over the map at the best of times, doesn't even <laughs> work because I don't, in his list of things there that he's he's read out to justify white appreciation day, you Asians didn't get a look in, did you? Well, maybe they just didn't. I don't know of an Asian Appreciation Day. No. So you, you, you're, month. you're never going to get a discount a down there. I will never get a discount. Do you think, call me cynical, that he's actually quite intelligent and he used this to create controversy because his craply named restaurant wasn't doing very well and because it's got butts in the title because he's obviously an idiot and then he stuck this out thinking, oh, this will get people talking. I, I think you're giving him a lot of credit. Uh, I think he just, and I guess because he's prop, you know, and people can be unkind on social media, and I'm sure he's received a lot of um, very negative comments. So, so he's he been should. trying to defend himself, and he said, you know, he comes from a family of Mexican immigrants. He says he's experienced racism himself. <laughs> but that so doesn't he, make it okay. That doesn't like, the... like if I was sorry, I'm just going to jump over you there because I, I know you're in agreement with me, but it's just such a ridiculous justification. That's like when you see people on Fox News go say something unbelievably racist and say, and I've got black friends. Yeah. Okay, that doesn't justify what you just said. Absolutely, it does because they know exactly, exactly what it must feel like. So he says, We're all American, whether you came from a different country or you were born here. We're all American. So if you are white and you want 10% off your barbecue, the date is June 11th um, at Millican, Stop Colorado. Don't give them publicity. There might be a couple of people in Colorado listening. It doesn't even, very... even that doesn't make sense because he's saying, oh, we're all American. It's just a celebration. So if I went there yeah. as an English Canadian, a white guy. Yeah, you would get 10% off. Well, exactly. So then he's not even right with his justification that we're all American. It's a celebration. He's just a prick. He, <laughs> he should not be in charge of marketing. No. <laughs> he should, no one should ever give him uh, that job at all. Yeah. Do you think tourists, like, do you think tourists who misbehave when they're traveling and give, let's say, Canadian, well, because you call, would you call yourself Canadian? I'm, I do. I still don't know. It's nine years this year. Well, okay. Should I? Either, but you might identify with Canadian and British. You might, you know. Yes. I watched the election this Be week, proud or but I'll cringe. watch this election and I'll vote in this one. All right. Yeah. So yes. So, okay. Uh, when you hear stories of, let's say, Canadian or British uh, traveler, tourists somewhere in a foreign country that yeah. have done something absolutely stupid, mm. and then you get embarrassed because you know it reflects poorly on your country and right. your community, uh, do you think those travelers should be uh, blacklisted? Oh, that's a good question. Um, it's quite a broad question. Let's use, for example, British holidaymakers in Spain. Mm -hmm. So everyone in Canada goes to Mexico and Cuba. Everyone yeah. in England goes to Spain. Oh, is that right? Yeah. And everyone, and a lot of the Spanish islands, Ibiza, for example, are overridden with drunken 
drug-taking uh. idiots. Now, some of them are fine and they're just yeah. having a good party, but a lot of them do give English people a bad name, yeah. chanting football slogans, urinating up public monuments and just generally being an absolute embarrassment, having sex wherever possible. Sounds fantastic. But um, they, they do that and whenever the mayor of, for example, um, San Antonio, Ibiza, comes on the British news, he says, I'm disgusted by you people. And yes, every oh, time I hear bad. him say it, yeah. I cringe because I think, oh, God. You're like, we're not all like that, but then yeah. that's what makes the news, right? Group of drunken British tourists in Spain. Uh, so Beijing is trying to curb the bad behavior by some Chinese tourists overseas that they're actually blacklisting people for misbehaving when they travel in other parts of the world because they want to improve the image of Chinese tourists now that many people in the country are... Uh, have a bit more money and are traveling more. So they actually have a list. They have started to blacklist people. Like, for example, the most recent one is a woman who poured instant noodles soaked in hot water on an Air Asia flight attendant. Blacklisted. And now she's blacklisted. <laughs> but I'm like, I think that's, I'm all for it. See, I would find that funny if I didn't suddenly have the urge to cry. Do you want a crying room? I know of one you can get for about $90. This is so we'll find bleak. you a good deal. Uh, I'm sure exciting things are coming up on your show. I'm sure they are. I mean, Not I don't know what they are, but I'm sure they are. Yeah, we'll do some UK election coverage. Don't worry, it won't be boring, I promise. Right. And some other stuff. Excellent. Paychan.com is a website. Uh, contest info there. Podcast as well. Thanks for tuning in. Happy Mother's Day, everyone, who uh, is a mom or a mom-dad. Or an expecting mother, perhaps. That as well. They're going through a lot of pain. And to Vinny's mom for having him as a son. Thank you, mom. Thank you, you deserve more than a medal. We'll be back next week. Vinny White's coming up. Your next. show is very good, pay. Thank you.